Welcome to Connect to Joy. Your host, Carol DeShane, is an intuitive spiritual guide for practical matters and Marconic multidimensional energy practitioner. Her quest is to help you realize new possibilities, discover and release what holds you back, and enable you to manifest an inspired life filled with joy. Join us on this journey of transformation. Now, here's your host, Carol DeShane. Welcome, beautiful spirits. This particular show is based on a quote from Donna Stoneham, Ph.D. I recently saw it on the Internet, and it goes like this. Worrying is praying for something you don't want. Let me say that again. Worrying is praying for something you don't want. It might have been circulating for a long time, but this is the first I've seen it, and I have to say it hit me over the head like a hammer, because it's really deep. Let me say it one more time. Worrying is praying for something you don't want. I really thought about this for a while. When you worry, you're putting out into the universe a lot of possible bad outcomes of a situation for yourself, for your loved ones, and for the world in general. You're reinforcing bad outcomes to your subconscious, which will start creating some of them for you. Well, thank you very much. And you're also kicking into overdrive the law of attraction. So you have yourself and the universe trying to draw some of those negative outcomes to you. And every time you see what you might call a negative outcome, or at least a less than optimum outcome, you'll feel you have more to worry about in the future, or somehow maybe even that the outcome might have been worse if you hadn't worried. So you're required to worry. Sometimes we get strange things stuck in our brain and our subconscious. So you never know what's happening when you're thinking about the stuff you're worried about. Is it helping? Hmm. As usual, let me give you an outline of what you can expect today. First, why do we worry, besides being human? The effects of worry physically, mentally, and emotionally. The benefits of worry. My six steps to stop worrying. And then I'm going to give you 10 other options to dispel your worries. And a quick meditation at the end to release and dispose of one of the worries that you have right now. And if you really have a deep-seated one, you may have to do it a couple of times, or maybe it'll just give you an aha moment into what you need to go into, because sometimes the fears are so deep that we need to realize what they are first before we can continue and actually work on those things. Let's start with why do we worry? There's a lot of reasons we might worry besides being human. We're trying to see into the future, and we're afraid that the result of a situation won't live up to our expectations like when we're dating someone and want to see if they're someone we want to have a long-term relationship with, and we aren't sure. We're afraid that, well, they don't seem like they're that person. Well, maybe we are hoping and praying they are, but we're starting to worry. Maybe that they'll ghost us or something like that. Or maybe we're trying to figure out which house to buy or where to move to. Will it be the right place for us? Will it live up to our expectations? Because that's a huge thing to do. Those are two huge investments, or even three if you're talking about a relationship. Those are things we might worry about. Another reason to worry is we're afraid of being embarrassed or judged and thought less of by others. Now, speaking in public comes to mind for me because while I'm an actress, speaking in public as myself gave me nightmares. This includes any presentations you may have at the office. Those going naked to school dreams are a manifestation of this type of worry. Maybe we're afraid of being hurt, abandoned, or mistreated. 
So we worry about what someone might do or say or, or what we may do or say. This one is especially true in a love relationship. If it happened in your past, even an abandonment by a parent can impact a love relationship. Maybe we worry because we're afraid of failing in a relationship, a job interview, a presentation, or even in school. Uh, Do you notice the same thing coming up over and over again? Fear seems to be a big part of worry, doesn't it? Without fear, maybe there just would be no worry. Basically, we worry because we don't know what an outcome is and we want to control it and shape it to our desired outcome. And we feel we can't or don't know how. Otherwise, if we did, we wouldn't worry about it. We'd just do it, right? Let me say before I go any further that I'm not a psychologist, only a life coach, which is huge in itself. This is also why I pull my information not only from my own experience with my clients and with life in general, but also from other internet sources, including Psychology Today. And this time I've also gone to Deepak Chopra's website and a few others. So let me give you some additional reasons why we worry directly from Psychology Today's website. The first thing from them is if I worry, I'll never have a bad surprise. You'll circumvent the disappointment if you don't expect something good to happen. At least that's the subconscious thought. The next one, it's safer if I worry. Somehow that will avoid the outcome you don't want if you worry. The third one from there is I show I care by worrying, meaning I don't care if I don't worry. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Instead, trust that the best thing for that person will happen. So if you're saying, the only way I can show I care is by worrying about my children or worrying about my parents or worrying about my spouse, that doesn't mean that you care more because you worry. But it does kind of make sense to some of us who have been there, done that. The fourth one from there is worrying motivates me. Now, you don't have to worry in order to be motivated. Concern works just as well. And it's more productive than worry, since worry is really based on fear, which is one of the lowest and densest vibrations you can carry. And concern is more thoughtful. It's more, hmm, what can I do about this? Maybe there's something I can do and maybe there isn't, rather than worry, which is just straight out fear and, oh my God, what's going to happen? And the last one from Psychology Today is, worrying helps me solve problems. And they say it's actually more likely to interfere with solving problems and help you solve them because you're not seeing things as clearly as you could while you're worrying, which all makes sense, doesn't it? Let me ask you, how do you know when you're worrying? Is it really obvious? Because sometimes it's a little harder to tell. If what you're thinking about can be shifted and rephrased into what if, then you're worrying. What if this person or that person says or does something? I used to think, and I mentioned speaking earlier, that if I get up in front of people for a speech or a workshop and I faint, say something stupid or forget what I want to say, I would die from embarrassment. Of course, I didn't, although I did get hives for a few hours from the worry and fear the first time I got up in front of Toastmasters and gave my speech as me instead of as a character. What if, what if this happens and then this horrible thing happens? Think about that. How does that fit into how you worry? Because now I want to get into what are the effects of worrying on you physically, mentally, and emotionally. Some of these are from WebMD and some from Chopra.com, which is Deepak Chopra's website. Physically, what's the effect of worrying? Well, it can disrupt your sleep. It can give you nightmares. You might not be able to sleep, or maybe you wake up thinking about the problem. 
which leads to the second thing, which is exhaustion, because you can't sleep properly, which means you probably can't think too clearly, which is a little later on in this uh, list here. You might get headaches or migraines because you're just tensing up and, and your brain just overloads, which isn't, of course, a technical term, but you know what I mean. You might get nausea because you're just sick to your stomach from the worry. It can impact your breathing because you might hold your breath and not breathe enough, or you might breathe too fast or unevenly, which is really difficult for people with breathing issues. Of course, muscle tension is normal. Wherever you usually hold your tension will get worse. So for most people, that's their neck and shoulders. But if you have a bad knee or a knee that doesn't like you, like mine, it could tense those muscles and tendons. So it could get worse. It could be harder to walk. It can also impact your heart with high blood pressure, a heart attack, or even a stroke. It can give you elevated levels of the stress hormone cortisol and blood sugar levels. Worry can hurt your immune system and even impact your sexual performance if you can't stop thinking about the issue and focus on more interesting things at hand. There's a lot of physical things that it can do for you. Emotionally, worry can make you irritable. You might snap at people or be difficult to be around. Maybe somebody says, hey, what's wrong with you? And you're going, leave me alone. <laughs> you don't want to tell them, but you're being more irritable because you have anxiety. That anxiety will just bump up more and more and stress, which again, hurts your physical body. And of course, emotionally, you'll have that fear and maybe impatience might show up, which is a little more, that's kind of a cross between a mental and an emotional thing, impatience. So moving into mental stress that can happen for your mentally, you might have difficulty concentrating. You can't focus on what people are saying, or maybe even on the work that you're doing. You might have difficulty making decisions or questioning your choices because the worry is so intense that you can't think clearly. The worry may go round and round in your head in circles, and it gets you nowhere. The worry can even get so stuck, it can spiral out of control into panic. Like I said, I'm no psychologist, but I'm reading this from there, and these are things, they're huge, physically, mentally, and emotionally. So make sure what you really think about if you're worrying or not, and how much worry on a scale of maybe one to 10 you have, because you want to make sure that you aren't always high levels of worrying. And when you do worry, it's not all the time, that it's only occasionally, maybe you can get it down to that. But I promise you some benefits of worrying. What are those? Well, the one big one is that our subconscious mind is trying to tell us to be cautious, to watch out for hidden issues or even glaring ones that could trip us up. This can be a good thing. The problem is when we worry instead of just being aware of the possible problems. A lot of times I'll just go, okay, what am I worried about? And I'll look at it and I'll get it and I'll go, okay. And then I'll thank my subconscious mind for telling me that because it's just trying to help me. It's like, hey, hey, be aware. And if you don't acknowledge your subconscious for giving you that information, then that worry might still stay there and nag at you over and over again. So I find that taking a moment saying, okay, I'm worried about this. Why? Oh, I see why. Oh, thanks. Okay, I get it. And usually it's not something I really need to worry about, but it's something that's nagging at me and I need to listen to that subconscious. And then it goes away. It's like, okay, you heard me. Oh, fine. I'll be aware of that. Thank you. The other benefit that I see is that if we can keep the worry down to a concern where we don't let our body, emotions, and intelligence get wrapped up in that anxiety, 
then we can see if there's anything we can do to mitigate any concerns that come up, to prepare. And I'll talk more about that later. Worry is not only possibly a deep-seated problem, it's a human thing. But even so, we don't have to get bogged down in worry. So to help you stop worrying as much or for so long, these are six steps that I came up with that I've been using for a while. The next time that you have a worry, see if you can lessen or completely dissolve the worry if you go through these six steps. The first one is what you're doing already. Think about the situation that you're facing or someone else is facing or the world is facing so that you can really be aware of what is this thing that you're worried about. What is the situation itself without the concern? Don't let the worry in on the first step. Because the second step is to really feel into the worry so you can get clear on what it is you're worried about. Feel it. Feel the panic, feel the worry, feel the concern, the anxiousness, whatever it is, and get it clear. This is what the worry is about. Maybe it's the results, the process that's happening. Is a person getting hurt or injured? What is it that you're so concerned on? And then on a scale of one to 10, how worried are you? The third step is to look at how likely the worry you have is going to happen. How likely is it to happen? Rarely does a worst case scenario occur. So face that fear and see where it comes from. Then you can work on that fear on your own or with a life coach or a therapist, depending on how deep it goes. So, so far, the first three steps are to just think about the situation itself. What's happening, what you're concerned about, what the worry, not the worry itself, but what is that situation without the worry? If you look really clearly at it, then feel into the worry. So you can really clearly see what it is you're worried about. Is it the results? Is it the process? Is what's happening? And what scale of one to 10, how high are you worried? If it's a hundred out of one to 10, then you know it's something you need to really address or it's going to drive you crazy. The third one is to really look at how likely that worry you have is likely to happen. It doesn't usually happen that the worst case scenario happens. So look at where that fear comes from and see what it is. Really look at that fear. The fourth step is now instead of thinking of the negative, shift your perspective and look at all the possible positive outcomes that can happen. Take some time doing this. It can be really fun. Realize that the outcome of what you're worrying about probably isn't going to be black or white, all positive or all negative. If worrying is praying for things you don't want, Start thinking about the things you do want with gratitude for the outcome. You'll shift your subconscious and your vibration and start attracting those things that you do want. Even if it takes a little time because you have to shift your subconscious mind so much. Step five is really fun. I love this step. It's a tool from a little known book by Wayne Dyer called The Gifts of Icus. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to loan this book out or I have loaned it out. And people end up giving it back to me months later, never having read it. It's full of amazing information in parable form. For some reason, people just don't get around to it. It's not for them then. Whenever you get something, but I do highly recommend it. It's the Gifts of Icus. It's E-Y-K-I-S. And this tool is called Fast Forward. And it goes like this. We worry and feel we can't do anything about it. So you're going to fast forward to the end of what you were concerned about. Is there anything you can do to prepare for the situation? If there is, then do it. Not out of worry, but out of concern. 
like when you know there's a hurricane coming and you live in Florida. You cover the windows and do all the other things needed to prepare for bad weather when it arrives. You might also worry about what's going to happen to your house, but you can't do anything about that part necessarily. So you think about everything else. You prepare for it. You know where you're going to head. You figure that out ahead of time, especially if you live in Florida in the hurricane area. Or maybe another thing that might be an example is if you're going to an interview, you prepare for it. You look online at the company. Who are they? What are their goals? Really look at the job description and any other information you can find out about the job. What is it about you that makes you a good fit for the company? Meaning, what do you bring to the table that fits with what they're looking for? There is no reason to worry if it hurts us and does nothing. But if you can use the fast forward tool, you can make preparations if there's anything. And if there isn't, you need to let it go. So what Mr. Dyer, Wayne, was saying was that if you look at the worry, is it helping you at all? If it's not helping you at all because you can't prepare for the future, why do we worry? What's the point is kind of what he's saying. If there's no point in worrying, then it's time to let it go. But if there is something you can do about it, then that's great. Then fast forward, figure it out, and then you're done. You don't have to worry anymore. That was what that parable in that particular chapter was talking about. So hopefully that makes sense. And then step six is, if you've done everything you can for the situation you're worried about, let the worry go. I know, easier said than done. But once you've done all those steps and you prepared something, if you can, you're going to go, okay, I feel better. I prepared for it. You might still have some worry. If you do, then try one of the 10 options or the meditation coming up. Because if you can't seem to release the worry at this point, you may need a little bit more help. Now I'm going to get into those 10 other options and tools to distract you from worry. The first one or two are pretty obvious. So the first one is praying. If you talk to God or to what your version of your God and you say, okay, I'm going to give the worries over to you because I don't know what to do. I'm at this point. And usually when I pray, I talk, I whine, I complain, I ask for help. I, I do a lot of talking and not so much listening, but I can get to a point where I'm done crying and I can turn it over to the source that I'm talking to. So that is one really good thing you can do with worry. Of course, the second step is meditating, which is listening. So that once you quiet your mind, you can do it on your own. I also have a guided meditation coming up you can use for that. Or you can find another one online. I have a lot on my YouTube channel. If you dig around in there, there are quite a few guided meditations and visualizations in there about all different kinds of subjects, as well as just a, I think it was a three minute straight meditation that was just calm your mind. When you quiet your mind, a lot of stuff happens. You might get epiphanies about why you're worrying or what you can do. And sometimes they come later after the meditation. So allow yourself to let them come later as well. You don't have to have the answer in the middle of the meditation, but it's good to quiet your mind. The third thing you can do is to write down what's bothering you. Sometimes if we can get it out, then we can let it go. Or we'll see how silly we're being if we are. Maybe it's not silly at all. Maybe it's really, really serious. And you're seeing only the serious side. But if you write it down, you go, yeah, I can't do anything about this. Do I want to keep worrying? Well, yeah, I'm a parent. That's my job. We do that. But look and see what it is. And if you write it down, a lot of times you'll see 
you can't do anything about it. It's not something that matters in the long run, perhaps, or it won't impact your life five years from now or even 10 minutes from now. And you'll say, you know, this isn't important enough to worry about. I got other things to do with my life. Writing it down will make it more clear for you. Don't keep it and keep reading it and reading it because you don't want to get it stuck in your subconscious, that worry, even worse. But look at it when you first write it down. Now, step four is a step further in that. When you write it down, you can then burn the paper you wrote it on, thereby burning away your troubles and your worries. Many churches have a burning bowl service on New Year's Day where you burn your worries away. I particularly have done this, and I have to say that I really recommend it because it does pretty much work on many different things. And it can be really renewing for you, which is why they do it on New Year's Day. The fifth step is just breathe through the worry if you get caught up. It doesn't have to be a meditation, but take a moment, slow your mind, just wherever you're at, especially if it's going in circles, and see that worry and just sort of breathe through it. (sighs) Take that moment, take that breath. If you can just stop even for a moment, you might let that worry fall away. And the sixth thing is to just be in gratitude that the situation is happening, knowing that there will be a huge growth from the situation for yourself, the other person, or the planet, knowing that everything happens for a reason. If we can stay in gratitude, it's a higher vibrational energy. It makes things shift into a better place. So just know that if you can truly be grateful and truly have that love for whatever's happening, which is really what gratitude is, then you will be shifting your vibration, which may help the planet if it's a planet thing. It will also help the other person if it's another person-related sort of thing, let alone just on your own. The next thing is to hold the situation you're going through with either appreciation or love. So you want to keep that vibration as high as possible. And I call that holding space. It's not that you don't care. It's that you are holding it in a good place knowing that the outcome will be what everyone needs. And you're looking at it with appreciation and love instead of through worry and fear. I have a whole show on that, not about a month ago, that was all about holding space. It was about just shine your light, I think I called it. Because sometimes it's all we need to do. You can't shine your light if you're under the bushel thing where you're just scared out of your mind or worry, fearful, all those things. You can't hold the space for everyone and for their highest and best good if you're going through that worry with them. And while you may have some worries, if you can let them go and hold them in that loving place, hold the whole situation there, it's more likely to be able to shift than if you stay in the mud with them, so to speak, if that's where they're at in the worry and the fear and the doubt while they're going through the situation. Number eight is ask yourself, can you control the situation? Do that fast forward thing. Can you control the situation? If not, you have to realize it and then decide if it's worth worrying about. Honestly, if you're going, you know, I'm wasting all my time, all my energy, and all I think about is this problem, this thing I see as a problem, and I'm worrying and worrying and I can't do anything about it. Well, what's the point? What can you do? Is that helping the situation by you worrying? No. Is it helping you by worrying? More than likely, I'd say no. Can you let it go? And that's the big question. But if you can control the situation, 
like in the fast forward, figure out if there's anything you can do to mitigate what might happen. And that's all about preparation for something that's coming up or how if you want to think things through a few times before you approach somebody about a problem you're seeing about maybe you think they're going to yell at you or you're going to have this big argument, think it through. And then with an argument coming up, you think it's going to happen, you can then send them appreciation and gratitude and love and then talk to them. You can kind of mix some of these together because if you're worried about something I've done that a few times where I have had a situation come up and I was concerned about talking to somebody and I thought, how can I do this? So I'd worry. But then I think of the different things I could say that were positive and how they would work, which is one of the steps of the six steps. And then I would go, okay, I have some ideas on what I could say. And then I released it and said, okay, I'm just going to go. And I really cared about these people and I talked to them and I went in to the situation, I said something, and everything was fine. Great responses, and I'm thinking, wow, okay. The worry didn't help. The little bit of practice and thinking of the best things I could say and the best kind of outcome all worked great. The ninth thing you can do to stop worry for the moment at least is to take a break. Do something totally different that has nothing to do with the situation or the worry that you've got. Go take a walk, listen to some music or do something you love. If you raise your vibration up, you'll lighten up and the worry may just fall away. Some epiphany might happen. It gives you a brilliant idea or a different take on the situation you're worried about. A different perspective is always amazing when you have it. And you might go, oh, well, if that happens, actually, that'd be okay. Because then that person would learn this and I could do that. And and wow, that might be okay. So I'm not going to worry about it anymore. It can also, of course, happen when you meditate as well or anything else that you do. But taking a break can just shift you, even if all you do is you're worrying and worrying, you say, stop. Even just turn and look at something in your house and start describing it out loud. So I'm looking right now at what appears to be a jack-in-the-box. It's a box. It's really colorful. It looks very, well, it has a great pattern on it. It's yellow and black and the Jack in the box that comes out looks like an old jester from the Renaissance era. He's white and black and purple. He's got that interesting hat on it. And that alone, saying that out loud, will shift your mind from what you're worrying about. And then you go, oh, what was I worrying about again? Okay. So then you go back to the worry at some point, and then you do it again. And somehow it just shifts your focus enough so that all of a sudden that worry doesn't seem so big. It's an odd thing. But if you do that, see, I'm giving you an extra one. It's an extra little tool. Look at something else and describe it. Once you're thinking and stuck in a rut, just stop. Think about something else. Look around your house for something that looks interesting you can describe that'll take your mind off of it. And then you can go back to the worry if you want. See if it shifted you at all. And the last thing is don't be afraid to get professional help. We all think we can take care of things ourselves and we might usually be able to do it. But every once in a while, if worry spirals out of control, you're totally fixated on it, or, or maybe it's even impacting your health, your relationships, your performance at your job, it might be time to get a little help. It can be just a friend, but a lot of times it's better to get a therapist if it's deep-seated or a life coach who can help you really shift your focus and look at what you really do want out of the situation, or even a doctor if you need medication because your body's out of balance. Any of these might be a good choice for you. So follow your intuition and find the right fit for you, not only in the type of person, but in the person themselves. Because you might go to one life coach and then go, oh no, this person is not working for me. 
So if you hear me and you go, I want to work with you, that's a good connection for you. And we talk and we see if it's a good connection for both of us. Because so many people, they just say, yeah, I'll take you, but it's not a good connection. So really feel into it and don't say that I won't go to any therapist because I had a bad experience. A good source that I found with a really great article about worry and anxiety is at helpguide.org. It's helpguide.org. It's under anxiety in the article section. And that particular one, I think you should check out because it gives some really great insight into a bunch of different areas of worry. Now I'd like to do that quick meditation that I told you about earlier. And don't worry if you didn't catch the six steps or the 10 different ways to dispel worry. I'm going to go back over those right at the end of the show. So let's get comfortable. And I, while you're doing that, I want you to think of a person or a circumstance that you have a worry about that you'd like to get rid of, that you just are done with, but you can't get rid of the worry, whatever it is. So get comfortable. And if you can't close your eyes because you're somewhere else, you can come back to this later, or you can just do the meditation without closing your eyes. Because I just want you to breathe and allow yourself to release a lot of that tension of the day. Allow yourself to have your mind relax and your neck relax and your shoulders drop, releasing any tension in them all the way through your hands and your fingers. If you need to tense them up in order to relax them, go ahead and make fists and then release it. And then releasing any tension through your torso, down through your hips, down into your legs and your knees, all the way down to your ankles and your toes. And allow all of that to just drain away all the worries and the fears and the concerns of the day. And now I want you to get on an escalator that appears in front of you. It's a down escalator. You're going to go down into your subconscious mind so that you can really connect to that worry that you had. Allow yourself to step on the escalator and allow it to take you down so you can clearly see where you're going and there's no concern about doing this exercise. And as you get down to the bottom of the escalator, you're going to step out And you're going to feel a big cavern in front of you. This is your subconscious mind. It's filled with all sorts of things. You might see a lot of drawers filled with stuff that's overflowing. Or you might see piles of things all over the place. It's filled with things. But now I want you to have the worry that you thought of earlier just come up in front of you. Whether it's a big, dark, and angry cloud in your way or maybe it's a big person, or just something that might be scary or not, but you still feel safe and at peace while you see it. Allow yourself to breathe through that worry. Breathe while you're seeing the worry in front of you. And see the fear, if there's any, and there usually is, that lurks with this worry. And if need be, make that fear bigger. So you can really feel it and see what it is. See that fear and know that you created it. That it is not real unless you make it real. Because you've created it, it feels real. But if you've created it, you can uncreate it. 
you can let it go and make it just disappear. While you're seeing this huge thing, this worry, thank your subconscious mind for bringing this worry forward. It's just an early warning system. It's a possible outcome that it's trying to protect you from. So thank it for that information. Tell your subconscious that you hear it and you appreciate that warning. And then look at that worry again and see the light shining down on it. On the worry, on the fear, warming it up, making it feel lighter. It's not only surrounding it, but it's penetrating every bit of that worry and fear. That light can be any color that you like, whether it's purple for healing or it's white light to raise its vibration. Whatever it is, it's all you need right now. Because as you see that worry surrounded with that light coming through and really blending with the worry, watch that worry and that fear departiculate, disintegrate, and disappear. And now I want you to fill that void with a good feeling. Once you see that worry departiculate, fill the void that's left with a feeling of calmness and peace about the situation and the person. Perhaps appreciation or gratitude you can put in there. But fill that void with something so another worry doesn't run in to take its place. Breathe through this feeling, knowing that if there's any worry left, you can come back and do this again. And when you're ready, and the worry seems to be gone for now, Turn around and go back up, the up escalator, out of your subconscious mind and back into your body, feeling complete, feeling peaceful, feeling connected to your body, to your mind, to your spirit and your emotions, feeling energized and ready to move forward and allow whatever that situation is to be whatever it needs to be. And perhaps you'll even have some great ideas in order to shift what you're seeing. Something you can say or something you can do to help you prepare for it. But in any event, that worry is gone. Now that you're at the top of the escalator, I want you to open your eyes in five, four, three, two, one. Wide awake, wide awake, wide awake. Just telling your subconscious mind that you need to get everybody together and have you right back together again. So all of your being is here. So now I want you to check in with that worry. Do you remember what it was? Sometimes it's gone so far that you forget. But how is it now on a scale of one to 10? Do you feel it? Is there anything there? Did you feel or see the fear as part of the worry? If it's not down to zero, you may need to go ahead and do the meditation again. Or you can go back over the six steps or the 10 ways that I gave you. And now while you are coming back out of it 100%, I'm going to go back over the six steps that you can take. First is to think about the situation that's happening, just the situation itself without any worry. Then the second step is to feel into the worry so you can get a clear idea on what exactly you are worried about. What is it? What part of the situation? And then on a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you? 
The third step is to look how likely that worry is to happen. And then to face whatever fear it is that has come up that you really see happening. What is that worry exactly? So if you can face whatever fear is pushing that worry at you, then you will be able to release the worry. You may need to work with a life coach or a therapist, depending on how deep it goes, but really look at that worry and see where it comes from. And the fourth step, instead of thinking of the negative, shift your perspective and look at all the possible positive outcomes. Take some time and have fun doing this and realize that the outcome of what you're worrying about probably isn't going to be black or white, but that you don't want to pray for things that you don't want by worrying about it. So start thinking about all the things you do want so you can shift your subconscious and shift your vibration higher. And step five was that tool from Wayne Dyer's book, The Gifts of Icus, that fast forward, can you do anything to prepare so that maybe there's just a cautionary tale going, you need to prepare for this, like an earthquake, a hurricane, whatever it may be. You need to have a few things set up and ready to go in case something happens, but then you don't need to worry about it so much. You can let it go. And the last step is if you've done everything you can for the situation you're worried about, then let the worry go. And like I said, sometimes it's easier said than done. You can do the meditation again or do it on your own without having to listen to me do it. Sometimes a guided meditation is much easier to keep yourself focused, especially if you have a worry that won't let go of your brain. So you may prefer that. And of course, you can listen as often as you like to this. The other 10 options and tools to distract you from the worry that I went over was to pray, to talk to God, and to turn your worry over to higher power. You can meditate and quiet your mind, whether alone or my YouTube videos or with the one that's here or with other people that are meditating. Just make sure that whoever you choose, if it's a guided meditation, that you don't feel discordant with the voice and their vibration because you want it to help you and not to hinder you. The third thing is you can write down what's bothering you so you can see it. And the fourth step is to take it a step further and maybe burn that piece of paper you wrote because then you can see that worry going up in flames and that might be all you need to do. That way you can literally see that worry leaving. The fifth thing was to breathe. Breathe through the worry. Take a moment. Take a few deep breaths. Slow your mind without actually a major meditation, but it's kind of a mini meditation, even if it's for 30 seconds. The fifth thing is to be in gratitude about the situation, knowing that everything happens for a reason and that knowing that people will learn from the situation and they'll grow from it, whatever it may be, if they choose to. And the seventh thing is very connected to that is to hold the situation or person in love, in appreciation, and to keep your vibration as high as possible so you can hold the space for the best possible outcome for all involved. The eighth thing was asking yourself, can I control the situation? If I can, great, then stop worrying. If I can't, then do that fast forward thing, prepare whatever you can for it. And the ninth one was to take a break, to let it go totally, take a walk, enjoy something that you do, play with the dog, play with your child, Whatever it is you need to stop worrying about, totally focus on something different, including that little tool I gave you where you look at something in your house and start describing it out loud. Because if you do that, your brain will shift from one thing to another, and then you can go back to your worry and see how you're feeling. 
The 10th thing is don't be afraid to get professional help. We always can do things ourselves. We think we can, we know we can, but sometimes we don't, or we don't prioritize it. We don't know how. So sometimes we need a little bit of extra help, whether we need to pay for it or not. It doesn't matter in the long run, you're worth it. If you decide, hey, this is something that's been bothering me for a lot of years, you may need some help. Life coach, maybe therapist, maybe even a doctor because you're out of whack. So that was the professional term, of course, out of whack. So (laughs) go ahead and look at these 10 things because you don't need to worry. It's not that we'll have no more worries ever because we're human. And sometimes, obviously, we need to go through certain things, but we don't need to get stuck. We don't need to stay worrying all the time. When you catch yourself worrying, remember that saying, worrying is praying for something you don't want. So when you worry, ask yourself if it's what you're thinking about and worrying about is what you truly want. Is it worth it? And think of the six steps or any of the other options I've given you and see what works best for you and try different things to see if you can let go of that worry. Because sometimes one issue will be easier to let go of than others, as we all know. And sometimes we get a little stuck or we keep worrying about the same thing all the time. And it may be different situations or different people, but it's still the same basic fear that's holding us in worry. Thank you for joining me here today. Until next week, be courageous and reach higher. And most of all, remember that transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself. Just take one step at a time, get the help you need, and get out there and find your joy. Make you a priority, because you deserve it. Thank you for listening to Connect to Joy. If you love the show, make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. And subscribe so you never miss an episode. Contact the host, Carol DeShane, with questions and comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you would like to become a guest. And remember, transformation is a journey and not an end destination. So be kind to yourself, because you are already enough to have the joyful, limitless life that you desire.